Welcome to Season 3, Episode 16 of the Family Travel Australia podcast. We are Katie, Paul and Jasper from the Feel Good family. Join us as we explore this great country, Australia, its people, places and cultures. Welcome back. Hello again. All right. So this week... We have finally said goodbye to wonderful Winton. It was a bit sad, wasn't it? I felt a little bit sad leaving Winton and that that whole region. I think because, I mean, not only is it amazing, we had some incredible experiences there, but we made some really fantastic relationships there with a lot of the locals and we just had such a wonderful time and were embraced as part of the, you know, the local family, so to speak. So it did feel a bit sad leaving. It did indeed. But it didn't make us realise that it is a place that we will return. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and there's so many exciting things happening there next year in 2021. Lots to come. So we did hit the road and we made our way. We decided to travel to Barky. <laughs> hey, see Calden. what he did there? <laughs> uh, and as we were travelling along, we thought, well, actually, the day's going well Let's kick on. It's not too far to travel on to a little place called Alpha, about 430 kilometres up the road, down the road, along the road. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that equates to almost six hours, about five and a half hours towing time mm. with a couple of pit stops on the way. Yeah, actually, we did make use of the roadside rest areas on yeah. the way between Winton and Alpha. And look, you know, they don't have to be fantastic to be excellent. And I guess the purpose is, is that you pull over if you're feeling weary or in our case, if one of the smaller family members needs a toilet break or if we need some lunch. So we did do that a couple of times, didn't we? Yeah, look, they're located along that stretch, I think every 50 kilometres, mm. thereabouts, the Matilda Way. And uh, that's right, it was great, Jasper had a, a toilet stop and Katie uh, whipped up a couple of wraps and it's great. That's one of the things I love about caravanning yeah. is that your home on wheels is behind you mm. and even if there isn't a toilet stop or they're, you know, not being uh, well managed, then you've still got somewhere you can go. Look, most of our experience has been that they are well managed, mm. the, the, the rest stops. Yeah, uh, sure. So, yeah, and it's just good to stretch your legs. Oh, absolutely. And I agree with you, Paul. There's nothing better than pulling up and coming into your home and, you know, being able to make some lunch or, you know, make a cup of tea or whatever it is, it's there with you. And that is the best part. I love that even when we're pulling up to camp uh, or we've pulled up somewhere just for a cup of tea for a rest stop at a play area, that when you do hop in the van and you look out the windows, you always get a different picture. Yes. And the way the windows are framed up literally are like, you know, picture frames. And so because of their height and where you sit, you kind of miss all of the, you know, what I call the ugly stuff, but the road and the cars and the bits mm -hmm. and pieces, the bitumen, that all kind of disappears. And you only really see that 15 metres away. Yeah. So you, you get this kind of really great frame of the landscape or the area or the, yeah, the place you are. And I think that's kind of cool too. Yeah, a different view every mm. time. It's awesome. It's one of the best parts. So Alpha, mm. we decided to stop there and it has a, a population of 300, 
350, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it is quite a small town and uh, there's a couple of pubs, a post office, a visitor information centre and they had a caravan park. Yeah, which was fantastic, wasn't it? Yeah, I thought it was really great. Maybe a touch on the expensive side if they're listening. <laughs> yeah, that I think is they true. charged us eight dollars for Jasper, um, who had just turned four. So I'm not sure if you know that's necessary. I I actually, if you know, if I was in business and in in the caravan park business, I, I think I would do away with some of the expenses that they charge for kids. Yeah, I because agree. it's it's steep. I think so, and I think, you know, it's two sides to the coin, particularly at the moment with a lot of businesses recovering from no flow of visitors during the COVID, you know, the height of the COVID period. I totally understand that they've got their bills to pay and that, you know, they're needing to supplement those many, many months of no income. But at the same time, because of COVID, well, we have found that very rarely do we use the on-site amenities these days and I think there are a couple of reasons for that one is because our caravan is so beautiful it is home you know I don't know if this is just me but you kind of become um, attached to your own bathroom facilities yeah look if you have that access particularly when you're hooking up to still use your own facilities and it's you know you're not draining out your tanks and you you know then that's great you know you can even actually enjoy a, a really nice shower in your own environment i've been loving using our <laughs> amenities yeah and so then i think well really are you really going to charge that much when <laughs> honestly we would have used hardly any water and hardly any power for the time that we were there anyway Interesting. We're probably opening a can of worms with this discussion, but I do think it is something that, you know, needs consideration. There is a great system that I think is actually through TAWK, T-A-W-K. Travel Australia with Kids. And they have brought together a collective of over 200 caravan parks and supplies, maybe a lot more now since I last looked, that provide kids stay free if you stay more than two nights, two nights or more. Mm, and it is a membership, uh, I guess, base system where families can purchase. It's very inexpensive. I'm going to say it's something like 30 or $40 yeah. for a talk membership. And then you flash that card around to these, to these parks who are participating. And, I mean, look, we've only got the one child, but we know many families out there who are travelling with two, three, four or more, and it would get very expensive. Absolutely. And what also happens when you get to those bigger parks that have, you know, in effect like uh, a water park mm. in within the park, mm. you know, some of these places are charging 15 bucks for kids. Yeah. And you've got a three outrageous. and four year old and they're charging an extra 30 bucks. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's questionable. Look, let's move on. We're going to go back let's to get Alpha. Let's back to Alpha. Yep. Because the facilities were great. The owners did something quite different to what we've experienced before mm. where at about five o'clock grab themselves a drink mm -hmm. and then walked around and acknowledged each of the sites with a little bit of a hey how you doing we've got the fire going make sure you come over and say hi we're just going to have a sundowner and they did that with pretty well everyone who was new and then obviously people who'd been there a little bit longer you know they had a bit longer conversation but i thought that was a really excellent way of communicating with you guess mm -hmm. it also i think creates a sense of respect and responsibility for the people who are coming into your park mm. 
So by that I mean there's probably less chance of having a rat bag vandalise or do something because you've made a connection with them and you've locked eye contact with them and you've made that interaction happen. Well, it's creating community. It is, and I think that is a really uh, a great thing that we haven't seen anywhere else not like that no so look maybe that was what our eight bucks was for they do they go the extra mile well do you know and what? that's and okay had, yeah exactly and uh, the fire pit well that was certainly worth inviting guests over to because that was one of the best communal fire pit areas i think we've seen as well yeah that's right it was their actual facilities were all clean and tidy well managed the park is full of gum trees which makes it beautiful and an incredible amount of bird life mm. which is great and all up $43 I think it was for a, for a powered site and they were pet friendly as well if anyone out there listening has pets yeah, so it is a great pit stop and relatively quiet for how close it was to the the main thoroughfare the main road absolutely so Alpha what's it really famous for well Alpha is famous for fossilised wood or petrified wood. And as are many places in this particular area of Queensland, you know, in that sort of gateway to the outback, the central highlands, there's lots going on that Mother Nature has created over millions and millions of years. And so Alpha is famous for fossilised wood. Now, you can apparently go and fossic, Mm-hmm. for your own piece of fossilised wood. Um, however, we decided to stop into the Visitor Information Centre and we spoke to a very lovely lady there, Tanya, who was super helpful and they had an incredible amount of fossilised wood on display in their quaint little Visitor Information Centre. She actually took Jasper and I out the back where we could fossic in their garden area to find some special pieces to take home and she explained to us that unfortunately the main areas where you could go to find this fossilized wood have been fenced off because people were not respecting it and leaving rubbish behind and you know just really not looking after the environment which is really sad, I think, and particularly sad for a town like Alpha, who has a small population who would rely on that, you know, that... Tourism that, through exactly, traffic. Exactly. Those travelling um, nomads to come through and stop in, and, you know, it does have a point of difference. So it was a little bit sad to hear that, but we did have some fun digging around in the garden and we did find some really beautiful pieces of fossilised wood. And so I guess that leads me to say Alpha sits on the Dig the Tropic Trail, which is a trail that extends from Yapoon right on the east coast and basically follows the Tropic of Capricorn. It does, I guess, um, have a little bit of artistic license there where it jumps up and below the Tropic of Capricorn to take in some pretty cool places, including Winton, Lark Quarry, where we went with the dinosaur fossils, and even out further past that towards the Queensland-Northern Territory border. There's lots of cool things that you can do on the Dig the Tropic Trail, and and stopping in Alpha and finding your fossilised wood is just one of those things. Yeah, that was really cool for Jasper again to have, you know, something that he sees as this wonderful treasure, you know, to think that a piece of wood 
is now as dense as a rock. He, he really, he got, and so he's he's got a, a handful of pieces. I'm slowly whittling them away because <laughs> don't want to weigh the van down. Um, <laughs> but it's a good segue. From there, we continued on through to Emerald. In fact, just south of Emerald is one of our all-time favourite campsites. We uh, decided to spend a week there, and that is Lake Maraboon Holiday Village, mm. located on the Fanburn Dam. Mm-hmm which uh, remarkably at its capacity is three to five times mm-hmm. the size of Sydney Harbour. That really, the reason why we say three to five times is because it depends on what website you read the information. Yeah, but look, definitely three times the size it's of huge. Sydney Harbour. Last year, about a year ago, we were there. It was at 14% and, uh, and slowly with the drought, ongoing drought declining, it's now at about nine or 10%. However, good news is on the way, and it still looks massive. Oh, my gosh. There is so much water out there. I think it's it's one of those places that we are absolutely going to have to go to as soon as we know that there have been the rains and everybody here in Australia is talking about the La Nina that is looming and will hopefully bring a lot of much-needed water and drought relief with it. They uh, mentioned to us, they being the uh, the beautiful family owners, that they're expecting that around or just after Christmas and that the dam will be full and actually overflowing. Which we have to go back and Would see because be it is mind-blowing. Remarkable yes, to see. Yes, definitely. What they've got set up there is quite unique as well. I think it's a really nice blend between uh, Caravan Park and then also that bush camp natural environment feel and where we stay or where we have stayed uh the two times that we've camped at lake maraboon is in the naughty corner Mm. which you know conjures up these ideas of you know maybe some mischief and and shenanigans but it actually is yeah it's really quiet it's a beautiful bush setting and the sites overlook the the lake the dam so you get these spectacular sunsets every afternoon over the water it really is just a little hidden gem there so we do love staying at lake maraboon and it's a great base to be able to explore the gem fields oh, and yes. sapphire and this time for us in particular, Ruby Vale. Yeah, just a stone's throw up the road, maybe 40, 45 minutes up the road. You land in the gem fields, which are, of course, located in the central highlands. And, I mean, it's quite amazing. Like, again, this is a, another stop on that Dig the Tropic Trail, but... You're literally walking into an area where people make their living and their livelihood out of mining for sapphires and precious gemstones. Hmm. But it's all accessible to you. And this is what really blows my mind about this particular place is that anybody can go in and yep. find a Any gem. age. Exactly. Safe for kids. And look, there are the tourism, I guess, operators out there where you can go and get the full experience. The first time we visited the gem fields, we did an awesome underground mine tour with Miners Heritage. And they boast the largest walk-in underground mine in the Southern Hemisphere. Mm. And it was fantastic. We learned so much about the history of the area. We learned so much about how these people over, 
you know, the last hundred years have made a living from mining sapphires in this area. This time, though, we wanted to find a little bit more of an authentic day-to-day real-life experience, and we totally did, didn't we? We sure did, and we were fortunate to meet Peter and Eileen Brown, and they own and operate Ruby Vale Gem Gallery. It is in the heart of Ruby Vale. They have been operating a mine for well over 40 years. Mm. In fact, Peter, as a young, fit 21-year-old, came out on his own to the gem fields to stake his claim, a $5 claim, he told us, to peg out an area, dig his first hole, and find a sapphire that absolutely then set in motion his future mm. and he was hooked he found that first stone he uh, he took it down to the Thai buyers that were in the area at the time and told that it was worth about $250 which was more than a month's wage that he had been receiving back in Christchurch in New Zealand so he was totally hooked this then led on to him meeting his wife Eileen mm-hmm. uh, an American backpacker Uh, And together they have absolutely complemented each other in their skill sets to build a family business uh, that now includes their two sons, Tyler and Mitch, to not only mine for these incredible gemstones, but then also facet and and form up and cut and design jewellery and sell that and also send it to some very fine jewellery operators throughout Australia and the world. Talk about an unbelievable success story for a family business, not only for themselves, but also as pioneers for tourism for the region. Mm. And I have to say, if you like listening to stories of self-made people, you know, people who have a passion and let that passion guide the course of their life to create something incredible no matter what it is you must watch the segment on peter from our latest youtube episode because it is the absolute epitome of what a self-made man family husband and wife team you know and now with their 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 grown sons what they have done what they you know have done for the region it's just awesome and i have to say they are seriously some of the loveliest people that we have met in our time on the road we instantly fell in love with them as a family and they shared so much of their time with us Mm. and their passion with us i think you're right you know peter's passion in particular is so enjoyable to to be in and around but his enthusiasm is infectious and let's not get away from the fact that this is labor intensive work i mean you are digging into this hard clay rock sediments the wash and he's been doing this for over 40 years and the guy is still as enthusiastic and as passionate about finding what could be his treasure every day i mean it it amazed me and uh and such a beautiful family as you said so that was a a real highlight in this week's episode the amount of comments that people have put 
on the YouTube mm. and uh, through our website to say thank you so much for sharing Peter's story. How inspirational mm -hmm. is his family? Oh, my God, my husband wishes he was Peter. You know, all of <laughs> these great comments yeah. that we've had. Uh, because, look, it is, it is rare, I think, that you find, uh, like you said, someone who has dedicated their life to something because of their passion mm. that has created this uh, incredible story. So, yeah. And who remain level-headed, authentic people as well. Um, and I think really seeing that perspective, that really authentic experience opened our eyes so much more this visit you know you can go out there as a tourist and you can go to one of the tourism operators and you can buy your bag of wash and you can fossick for sapphires and it is a fantastic experience especially if you've got children of any ages to then actually go out and go down into a working mine and to see and experience the story from actually Peter finding a sapphire in the wall of the mine with us to then taking that back to the shop and showing us how he now turns that into <laughs> I have to say one of the most spectacular pieces of jewelry that I have seen it was incredible it really is and and then just to finish this story off is that Peter then took us the next day out to the public fossicking area and said here's all the gear there's all the kit now you guys really try your hand at finding your own treasure and we did find a few little gems nothing that is going to retire us anytime soon <laughs> <laughs> which is unfortunate however gee i am hooked talk about once a, a bug gets in you and you can't get rid of it this is something that i think as a family even was a great experience but that we will will try our hand at many times whether that's sapphires you know gold or opal or just that whole experience of being able to dig for your dinner as i called it is is pretty cool oh it's so accessible too you do need a foster king license but it is very inexpensive to mm. get a foster king license in queensland off the queensland government website it cost us $12.40 for a family license that covers us for a month. So, look, we've got plenty more days left to go fossicking <laughs> if we wish and hopefully find that big one. Yes. So, if you are in the central highlands of Queensland, heading out to the west or anywhere in the region, make the effort. It's a few hours from the coast. It is well worth it. Spend at least a night, maybe two nights. There's plenty of accommodation options. Go and visit Peter Eileen and their boys at the Ruby Vale Gem Gallery and tell them the Feel Good family sent you. Yeah. They, they are, are beautiful people. All right, what a wonderful week we've enjoyed. Next week, we've got a little bit of a curveball coming, but that's okay. It's something that we're going to share with you and manage and, uh, and really talk about how sometimes a, a curveball actually creates some pretty good opportunities mm. when you are travelling in particular. Mm, oh, gosh, and don't we know that? It's, uh, yeah, interesting, as always, life on the road. Well, thanks again for listening. Dream big, look after your family. And happy trails. Feel the journey, feel the journey.